myself again. But if he only... Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters. It is Monday night and it's slightly later, which means it's ladies' night. And uh, I'm joined by a couple of new faces. Well, one one face who's here every week, Kendall. Uh, good to see Laura, uh, who joins us occasionally for Match Day Live. And uh, it's Lily, who some of you might know um, from hashtag Nine Talk Dom Show, which of course is uh, a great show. Which if you haven't seen it, give it a watch, give it a subscribe as well. Another Newcastle United fan show. This is this is Mrs. Dom. So welcome to you, Lily. Hi. Uh, and apologies for everybody for being slightly late because uh, from our, uh, we're just waiting for Sav to get ourselves sorted. She's got three devices and she Blame can't get Sav. on any of them. So that's the reason we're late. So apologies <laughs> for that. Okay, we're going to kick off on um, something a bit different. It's World Cup Draw Day, which uh, was something I think that bypassed most of us until about 10 minutes ago. And then I said, oh, the, the World Cup's been drawn. It's probably because we haven't had we haven't even had the European Championships yet. So it's the last thing on our mind. But... Um, for those of you who uh, haven't got great eyesight, it's the best I can do at short notice. Um, but here is the draw. England are in uh, Group I. Uh, England, Poland, Poland again, Hungary, Albania, Andorra and San Marino. So some uh, familiar names in that World Cup group. Poland, of course, uh, from that infamous game many, many moons ago in the 70s where the goalkeeper had an absolute blinder after being called a clown and uh, saw England knocked out and didn't actually qualify for the for the World Cup finals. San Marino, of course, where uh, we were we were laughingly saying that they would probably never score against us. Um, I think the guy who did score against us, that was something like 30 seconds after uh, completely... Um, taking on Stuart Pearce, bypassing him and slotting it past Peter Shilton um, and, and England coming out 7-1 winners of course in the group as well, I think that guy got a car and never had to pay for a beer in San Marino again uh, but yeah, you look at that group and you think it's quite it, it's quite an easy group um, you're looking at Group F there Denmark, Austria great to see Scotland obviously there, Israel Faroe Islands and Moldova um, I'm not sure whether they would say that was an easy group or not. It's it's slightly easier than they probably would have hoped. Northern Ireland have definitely drawn the short straw there, I think, with Italy, Switzerland, Bulgaria, Lithuania. Tough, tough group. And then Group A, Portugal, Serbia, Republic of Ireland, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan. And, Wales have uh, got a, difficult, a pretty difficult group as well. When I'm looking and at let's it. not forget Wales. Yeah, Belgium. Well, obviously, they're the best team in Europe at this moment in time. Uh, Wales, Czech Republic, Belarus and Estonia. So, Kendall, um, I'm not a huge follower of international football. I think I was when I was younger. I think now I'm more more interested just in, in club football. I'm not one of these as, as well as as well as you know that gets involved in the whole um, uh, you know Spanish, Italian. I, just, I haven't got time to watch all that kind of football. The Premier League for me... And going to watch Dunstan is my lot. So it's not something I've, I've made a, a, a note of in my diary, obviously. Are you an international football fan and what do you make of the uh, the draw? Um, I do like it. Well, I wouldn't say I like international football. I watch it because like, just because it's something I watch. It's football I watch. But I wouldn't necessarily say like I'd go out of my way to watch it. If I miss it, I'm not really too forced. Obviously, I watch the tournaments, love the tournaments. I just love the atmosphere of like the Euros and the World Cup and stuff. I love stuff like that. Um, so I do really like try and schedule that in when they're on. Um, and obviously, with me following like Atletico Madrid as well, it's nice to watch. You know, like Spain, for example, mm. because they um, have a lot of players from Spain and things like that. So, but I wouldn't necessarily say I go out of my way at watching links. I just don't think it's like exciting anymore. We're, it's, the, considering the players that we've got. It's like sometimes it's a hard watch, and I know a lot of people who watch England will say the same. Like they'd rather watch paint dry. I hear a lot um, <laughs> watch England. So, but other than that, the group that we've drawn is pretty good, to be honest. Um, it's the best that we could have hoped for, considering you know, like Northern Ireland's group, for example. I would have hated that, and um, we haven't really got any massive, massive teams like mm. France, Germany, Spain, Italy. We haven't got anyone like that, so we've avoided that. Um, to be honest, I think the hardest opponent probably will be Poland, because um, obviously they've got like Lewandowski and things like that. Who he's probably going to be, you know, Champions League's top scorer and things for Bayern Munich now. So, yeah, um, I think the draw is decent. I'm pretty much looking forward to it because we might look good for once. 
Well, you never know. I said um, that now. I said that now. I jinxed it, haven't I? <laughs> it's a long way. It's a long way off as well. I mean, we're getting this draw. I haven't even got the Euros out of the way yet. So yeah, but I mean, look, it's it's interesting. It's been drawn, and we'll wait to see what happens. Lily, are you an international fan? Um, are you a big fan of England? Um, I've always said, for team level, put on a shirt, they can score till the cows come home. Sticking an England shirt, they don't even know what a goal looks like. It's very much the panic. Because they've got the weight, and we are very much oh, 1966, you know, we won the world, and that's always what kept keeps coming back. And I think a lot of them feel the pressure of they've got that shadow over them. I mean, obviously, the age I am for me, it was like Euro '96 was the one to watch. It was a brilliant tournament, absolutely loved that, and I willingly watched England play. But now it's a case of are they playing? Am I bothered? Have I got the time to watch it? And like Kendall says, I like to watch football if it's on, and I'll give it a watch if it bores me. It gets turned off. It, that's just how I feel about it at the minute. It's just, yeah, I'd rather want the paint dry. Yeah. I mean, the last World Cup was fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, it yeah. was almost a case of football's coming home revisited lately, wasn't it? A, you know, big... It helped because it was big, big... It was a really nice summer. There was loads of outdoor events. And, you know, yeah. of course, England get to the semi-final. Um, of course, get beaten in the semi-final. No surprise there. <laughs> but haven't haven't managed to do anything since '66, really. But yeah, I mean, it, it it was almost that feeling again, wasn't it? I felt I felt lucky to, to to be able to watch England then, and it brings the country together. Yeah, I mean, coming home and hearing the youngest singing "It's Coming Home" is just unbelievable. You know, she got really into it. She loved watching that. But again, now that you know, once it all died down, she was like, "Oh, I'm not bothered now, Mum." And that sums it yeah. up, really, doesn't it? We get behind him, and then not bothered. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yeah, it is. Sav, welcome. Uh, good to have you on. And we're talking about the World Cup draw, and obviously you, were, you, you just missed it. So just just to refresh, uh, England, of course, got Poland. When don't they get Poland? They got Hungary. They got Albania. They got Andorra, and they got San Marino. So just wondering, are you a, are you a much of an England fan as you are a Newcastle fan? And what do you make of the draw? Uh, can I just check? Is my sound all right this week? Look, it sounds it sounds great and you look great. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, do you know what? I don't watch it as much as I, I don't keep up with it as much, just because I just find that there's so much like controversy with it. And I did watch um, the one a couple of years ago. I actually really enjoyed that one. I turned into a right football hooligan that summer. <laughs> but then, like as Lily says, once it's died down, then I'm just like, oh, I can't bother to watch it. I do think looking at that group, we stand quite a good chance, to be fair. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've been quite lucky um, drawing against them. So, you know, hopefully, but I don't follow it like I follow Newcastle just simply because I just can't keep up with it all. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Laura, thank you for getting the kids to bed early and coming on tonight. Uh, we had uh, well, Alicia... Well, they're in their room. They're in their room, yeah. Um, but uh, Sam's not feeling too well tonight, so I hope she gets well soon. And Alicia's at work, so thanks for stepping in tonight. Um, yeah, England. What's your take on the group? And what are, are you an England? Are you an England fan? Do you follow England as much as Newcastle? Me? Oh, no, nowhere near. But I'm probably like a, like we were saying before, it's like a plastic England fan. I'm like <laughs> all the friendlies and the qualifiers. I'm just like me. Then as soon as the tournament comes along, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your flags hanging out and, <laughs> and everything like that. But now I've always been like a club over country. I've never, as if there was any, like back when Shira was playing, when you had Rob Lee in the team, like I've watched all of the England games, but now it's just, it's just got no interest in it unless there's a big tournament. But yeah, so yeah, it was brilliant. The last, the yeah. la the last one was just um, out in the pub, everyone drinking, singing. It You get really caught up in the atmosphere. So when everyone comes together, it's brilliant, but just to watch it, it's dire. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's a little bit of bias towards Newcastle and players in the northeast in general? Obviously, Sunderland are so far down, they're never going to have players picked for England. Middlesbrough, obviously, championship level. If there's somebody comes through, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Southgate's going to pick somebody from Borough. He was, after all, their manager. Mm -hmm. But when he comes to Newcastle, it just seems he's coming for the prawn sandwiches in a chat with uh, with Mike Ashley. He's not really coming to uh, to pick anybody in Newcastle's team. I mean, you know, is there a bit of bias? Do you think now towards Newcastle? I think there's this. I think there's always been a bit against. So I think um, going back, yes, I remember being forming that like Lee and stuff wouldn't get picked, and I mean that's going way way back, but. Um, 
to be honest, I think he's a bit stuck in his ways anyway. He doesn't he doesn't really himself it doesn't really change it up himself. I don't think he's willing to really introduce introduce new players in. I mean the only one you can really think at the minute would be Wilson and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it goes with him. Yeah, fingers crossed. It would be nice to see Wilson in an England shirt. I think there's always mm-hmm. that kind of fear and uh, concern, though, that if he does play for England, he gets injured <laughs> and uh, then he's out for months on end. And, um, you know, we'd rather have him banging the goals in for Newcastle and Gareth Southgate any day. But cheers, Laura. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall, congratulations on the job, by the way. Um, Thank you. Forgot, for, meant to say that the other the other, um, the other other day as well. But, yeah, well done. Good to see, you. Good to see that coming off for you. So good luck mm-hmm. with that. And uh, we we'll hope you'll still be a part of the NUFC matter oh, show. I, you'll have to let me drag me off here. Like, good. <laughs> good. Here, no matter what. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, as always, plenty of questions coming in, plenty of comments. Uh, and good evening to Maria. Maria, we'll have to get you on one day. Uh, yes, Mrs. Penman, it'll be, be good to get you on. You're always, always welcome, always on the chat. So it'll be nice to get you on one day and uh, have your have your views. Maybe he's on Stu uh, rather than on Newcastle United. That would be interesting. <laughs> and he's nights out with Neil Mitchell. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more serious uh, than the World Cup draw. And obviously there was there was big, big, um, you know, developments at Millwall at the weekend. Uh, fans back in the stadiums, which is a positive. And obviously we saw, you know, all those London-based clubs having, you know, 2,000 supporters or, or under in. But at Millwall, the, uh, the biggest talking point uh, wasn't essentially the you know the the fans back in they, they weren't you know they weren't looking forward to seeing Millwall play they seem to be more concerned about booing at people taking the knee Kendall and you know it, it's left a bit of a sort you know a sour taste in, in a lot of people's mouths that I mean it's something which I expected to happen I've got to be honest I think I called it out on this show uh, at the end of last season somebody said she will continue to take the knee at the start of the new season and and I said no because I said this would happen I predicted this would happen Les Ferdinand has come out today obviously Newcastle's former uh, number nine and said that really it's it's probably had its day now and that it's becoming a it's becoming something which maybe should have been left at the back end of last season you know it's We've got to go beyond that. We've got to. We're always going to be struggling to try and sort racism out in the UK. Um, but you know, he he felt that maybe it is time to move on from that. And it's interesting because I think Millwall play Queens Park Rangers tomorrow night, so it'll be interesting to see how everything goes on. But what was what was your take on that, and what's your views on it? I know it's a controversial thing, so you know, I, you know, I'm, I appreciate everyone's views. But what's your view on it? Well, you know, I think anyone who's watched this show for a while or um, watch, you know, just followed me in general for a while, knows that I'm very massively outspoken um, against anti-racial campaigns. I have supported anti-racial campaigns for years. Um, I advocate them wherever possible. Um, a few months ago on this show, I think we spoke about the whole um, taking the knee thing. And I agreed that whilst it was an amazing thing to do, you know, to bring um, racial equality to the head of such a massive thing like football um, that they've been trying to do for years, that it had become empty because the people that start to complain about players not taking the knee, for example, when QPR didn't take the knee against, was it Coventry, I think, possibly, when they played them, um, the media were kicking off about it and saying, you know, you shouldn't do that and you should have took the knee and whatever. But it has become an empty gesture because, as I say, the very corporations that push this whole narrative about taking the knee for Black Lives Matter don't actually believe in the cause and they, you know, push racial agenda pretty much every single day. So whilst I think it's amazing that it got brought to the head, I do completely agree with Les Ferdinand. I think the whole gesture is now empty because as we saw against, you know, Millwall, um, people don't believe in it. They're going to boo it. Um, And, you know, Millwall fans, no offence to any Millwall fans, but a a lot of Millwall fans are known um, historically to be, you know, um, racially biased, if that's how you want to put it, because I don't want to offend anyone. So um, to... I agree with Les Ferdinand completely that it has now become empty because you're getting things like this happening. But I completely support any player who doesn't decide to take the knee um, for you know reasons for it being empty, not because they they don't want to take it because they don't believe in it. Um, but I still think that it's amazing that should be done. I'm so with Les Ferdinand on the fact that they're now gonna let QPR take the knee, QPR players take the knee in their next game. I, said, I think that he said he was going to stand in solidarity with um, 
you know, the players in Colchester and things like that. So I think that's amazing because, for one, he did come out a few months ago, as we said, and said that he didn't believe in it. Um, but I think until, you know, football in general starts taking racial punishment seriously for racism, um, you know, when we played, was it Bulgaria or something last year, the year before, and there was massive, massive... Um, racism chants in the crowd and things said and shouted and there was barely anything I think you got like a couple of grand fine and that that was really it Um, and until racism starts being taken more seriously in the sport then you know things aren't going to change there was only 2,000 fans in the Millwall ground that is very 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 easy to pick particular people out they've all have had the names because they were on a ballot they would have all had every single name and being able to pick out it would have been so much easier than having to pick out of a crowd of what 20 odd thousand or however big their ground is so and they're not there's just been nothing done about it it's just been a whole media you know circus Mm. so for me until it's taken more seriously and punishments are handing out um more you know there's more discipline and more serious punishments for racism it's not going to stop unfortunately and to put players through that and for you to be a football fan and have black players in your team who are going to hear that and listen to that i just that's you're not a football fan in my eyes you're a disgrace to the game because if you don't want to stand behind your players who play football and you know for the club you apparently so love like i just think that's a disgrace and i can't even imagine how that like they must have felt hearing that yeah, look, I've got no time for racists and no time for racism in, in, in football or in life. So for me, um, you know, I'm completely behind you on that as well. However, I do feel that the taking the knee situation um, is again another thing, which the, it's another directive with the, which, you know, the Premier League maybe should have looked at. I've said this about clapping and I had this conversation on more than one occasion. I've got no issue with clapping for people when they've passed away. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think, you know, whether it's a minute silence or or, or a round of applause, I think that it's something which we need to do. However, I think if it continues and it continues and it continues, um, look, I I, I was very, I'm very good friends with the Sweeney family. Um, I knew John Alder very well. Um, But that, that clapping that went on for, I don't know, was it two seasons? I think it was two seasons. I do remember one occasion where we had clapping for them, we had clapping for something else, and we had clapping for somebody who'd been murdered in Newcastle. Now, we had we had three different occasions at a game where we were clapping for everything. Now, ultimately, it's it's got you've got to draw the line somewhere, you know, you have to draw the line, you have to park it somewhere. And that's it's harsh, but that's that's what you have to do, you know. We we all have sympathy with people who've lost somebody. We've all gonna go through it. And, you know, some, some people go through it in, in tragic circumstances. Some people go through it in normal circumstances. But it's it's those little things where we need guidance from maybe football authorities or where we need it from the club or we need it, you know, in this situation, we need it from the Premier League. And they need to lead from the front. And I looked at the government this morning. There was a government minister. As you know, government ministers are getting wheeled out each day and, and put on ITV, BBC, all the news channels, whatever. And the guidance from the government this morning on this was 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 just, it was embarrassing. It was it was it was a line which was used along the lines that he started basically saying the Black Lives Matter was um, you know well it's a political organisation which you know he was more or less saying that he agreed with what had happened at Millwall and this is from a Tory a Tory minister. Well, look at Greg Clark, for example. He just got sacked for his little racial. You call Greg Clark? Yeah, his yeah, little yeah, racial, yeah, racial yeah, yeah. comments. It's crazy. It is look. I know it's a contentious issue. I know there's people who watch the show who completely agree with me and uh, Kendall. There, there'll be people who completely disagree. That's what it's all about. We can all have opinions um, as long as we put them across in the right way. Um, but yeah, look, no place for racism. I think we all agree on that. Lily, um, over to you on on this. It's as I say, a contentious issue. We're interested in, in, in what you want to say about what happened at Millwall at the weekend. Firstly, obviously, you know, me and Dom live in Derby. So the fact that it was against a Derby match, everybody in Derby went crazy that it happened. Because the stadium was so empty, for argument's sake, it was amazing how loud their booze actually was. You would have thought there was more than 2,000 people there. I mean, Dom had it on the news this morning and I was upstairs and I could hear it. I was like, oh, my God, was that how loud they booed? He's like, yeah, I was like, that is, no. I kind of understand why people are feeling like it's being rammed at them all the time. You know, but like you've said, everybody's got their own opinion. I think if you want to take the knee, it should be up to you. Like with with the Formula One, 
not all of the drivers take the knee because for, for whatever the feelings are with regards to the situation. So how they do it, I think, is the right way of doing it. I feel the footballers feel sometimes they have to do it. Um, I think it's like the clapping for NHS. It was good at first when it stood for something, but is it a case of the longer it goes on, people are just going to be, oh, oh, they're doing that again. And then it totally ruins what the whole idea of it actually is. We forget why we started to do it. And why we started to do it was for a, a reason that everybody felt so strongly about. And I just feel like if it continues this way, it's going to be more like a pantomime thing, you know? And you are going to get more and more fans, unfortunately, booing it. How long have we tried to kick racism out of football? How how often have you seen all them cards at stadiums that say kick racism out of football? We're in a new decade and we're still booing black players. And some of them players are probably better than the white players. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's you no, know, it's a controversial thing. And you're never going to get a right or a wrong answer. And it's I just think it's it's a shame that it happened, really. I'm quite disgusted that it happened as a football fan. And as a person, I just think it was bang out of order and disgusting. And like Kendall says, they'll know who the people are. They need something doing. Definitely need something doing. They need punishment for what they've done. It's wrong. Kids are going to see that. You're supposed to be role models to your children. What was that saying to the youth of today? It, no. It's wrong. Yeah. Good points. Sav, uh, your views on uh, what happened at Millwall at the weekend? Yeah, I completely agree. Do you know, it's embarrassing. And I felt really sorry for those players that were, you know, doing it whilst they were all booing because it was so loud. And, mm. you know, it's like Lily said about clapping for the NHS. You know, um, it's it's all right, but you've got to change things as well. It's, it, is, it becomes like an empty gesture where people, where they're mm. doing it. But actually, you know, unless there is harsh, partial punishments for racism in football, then it's pointless because it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of doing doing that, but without any action. And I think that's what needs changing more, rather mm. than keep taking the knee and nothing happening. I mean, this, mm. like Lily said, with the fans, oh, and Kendall said, with the Millwall fans, why aren't they getting harsher punishments for doing that? And that, you know, it was, it was really uncomfortable to watch, actually. And I mm. think that, you know, unless they actually start changing, actually start, you know, getting hold of making it, you know, a harsher punishments for racism, then it is just an empty gesture. Good stuff. Laura, your views? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was disgraceful, but again, not entirely surprising with Millwall's history a bit, but mm. I'm not, I feel, I, sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable commenting on it from my position as like, you've got like your, your white privilege. I mean, I don't feel like I can really say how like the like how a, a black player should be acting if he wants to take the knee on the pitch or not. It's it's mm. entirely up to them. But then when you're listening to people like Lesbian and stuff and he's got it just I mean I'm pleased that you said that they were gonna be taking the knee on and on their next match because it kind of just stop it, it that there has to be some kind of like reply to that kind of behaviour, I'm sure that no one's going to accept it. And I think was it the was it the Arsenal and Spurs match? They were clapping through the when they were doing it. So, I mean, the outrage is kind of encouraging. <laughs> but yeah, I think that just needs people need to get together and just talk about it, like um, like as a group. And they all have to come. I think they have to come as some kind of joint decision because it's it's just a bit. It doesn't really have the same impact if it's not everyone, and yeah, again, that's just my thing. But again, I feel no, Laura, the good, good. That be made by them. I think we all agree. I think we all agree, and um, you know, mm. there needs to be a bit of guidance from from upstairs. There needs to be a bit of guidance from the Premier League, and unfortunately, you know, as we know from the takeover situation, the Premier League aren't very good at making decisions. So. Uh, We'll put that uh, back at the Premier League's door and see where we we'll go. Uh, we are going to be joined now by Zara, uh, who is becoming a bit of a regular on the show. Good evening, Zara. Hello. From Hi, girls. I haven't, haven't met any of you before. How are you doing? Hi, yeah. 
Great to have you on. Great to have you on, Zara. And of course, anyone who has watched the show on a regular basis will know that Zara um, is behind We Are the Geordies film, which uh, is premiering this week. But uh, as I've already seen on the chat, few people have already got their DVDs from HMV, Zara, and people have already watched it. The reviews must be coming in already. I'm sure you've had already some feedback from people. But um, yeah, you've got to be pleased now that it's out there and you're probably getting a bit more room on your living room floor. I wish I could say that I had more room on the living room floor, but some daft shite <laughs> decided to sell DVDs from their website. So I just keep going down to the post office with bin bags full of DVDs. Um, in fact, the, po the guy in the post office has said, don't bring them here anymore. You've got to take them to place on the Team Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they try that with me with books. It doesn't work. Like I just do, I do five or six different runs. I did it this morning as well with with books. But um, no, it's good. I mean, the feedback must be great. I've seen some of it on social media, and uh, you must be delighted, Zara, with uh, how people are taken to this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from our perspective, don't forget going back to the beginning. It was always meant to be of the fans, by the fans, for the fans. You know, we were going for as much authenticity and honesty as we could um, to reflect the diversity and also um, diversity of opinion of Newcastle United fans, if you like. We're not all the same, as is shown on this show and all your other shows, um, contrary to the opinion of the talking heads on the national media. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, great stuff. Well, uh, I, I never get sick of showing these clips. I, I do want to show one of them. I'm going to show the one that gets the hairs on the back of my neck going up. Here's a little clip. We are the Geordies. Uh, you can buy it now in HMV. You can buy it from all the uh, digital streaming services. But uh, here's a quick clip of my favourite manager in the last few years. And, uh, for me, I say it's a challenge more than a problem because uh, you have to perform, you have to do well. And for our player, it has to be the same. So... We have to go there with the idea that this is a normal game, try to get three points, but the atmosphere will be so hot that uh, we have to enjoy more than uh, have problems with that. that the, the few hairs i've got on the back of my neck always go up when i hear that song i love it um, <laughs> uh, great stuff great to have you on um zara i'm gonna let you kick off with this I, I brought you on when all the sensible questions come on dodo bird says hello steve and the ladies if you could have any newcastle united player dressed up as santa to deliver your christmas present which has to include a way of the geordie's dvd who would it be? Excluding <laughs> Fabian Shaw, this includes you, Steve. So, Zara, I'll let you kick off with this. It's a big question. Who would you like to deliver your copy of We Are The Geordies? Are we talking current or historical? Well, it could be any. It could be any. He doesn't He doesn't specify. Well, seeing as he's now got quite nice long white hair, I would say David, obviously. <laughs> David Ginola, OK. There's, there's your answer, Dodo Bird from Zara. Uh, Kendall? Does anyone need to ask me? Yeah, go on, just just for the just <laughs> you know for the fun of it. You know what I'm gonna say? Callum Wilson, of course. Callum Wilson. Board, always Callum Wilson. It's always gonna be Callum Wilson. Me sure even say it's Callum Wilson. Like, come on. <laughs> okay. Lee, Lee, I don't want you I don't want to I don't want you to upset Dom here. So if he's uh, sitting next to you, uh you know, I don't want I don't want to see like his dinner coming flying over the, the screen or anything. So think <laughs> He's probably thinking I'm going to say Rob Lee because I like right. Rob Lee. I'm going to say Matt Ritchie. Matt Ritchie, Matt Ritchie. okay. Yeah. Matt Ritchie, okay. Sav, you can't have Shaw. You've been told you can't have Shaw. Yeah. Is that because he's already in the basement? <laughs> this, I think it was. I think it was obviously aimed at you. This question with you in mind, so that's why. He's, that's why Dodo said that. So, Go on. Who? Who? You know who what? other than Shaw would you have? We had the Jordies. Do. I fancy half the squad to be fair, so this is really hard for me. <laughs> um, I was going to say Matt Ritchie, but Lily said Matt Ritchie. Do you know who I'm quite fancying at the moment? And he's a Darlow. He's coming across quite manly at the moment, and I like him. So probably Darlow at the moment. <laughs> 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 I knew you couldn't. I knew he wouldn't. I knew he wouldn't go the whole show without coming on. There's Dom from hashtag Nine Talk. 
Give him a subscription to keep him happy. So you've got Carl Jarno, Sav, yeah? Yeah. Okay, Laura? Oh, I'm in total agreement. You can't get better than David. <laughs> no, he's just getting better with age. He's like, remember, he's just sit on like the halfway line on the second ball and just him on the wing. <laughs> if we have to fight for him, I'll have Rafa, even though he didn't play for us. <laughs> I'd cry if Rafa came in my door. Yeah, <laughs> I would have. I'll have cardiac arrest now. I wouldn't be able to go. Only because I've had numerous nights out with him, and uh, I know for a fact he would bring a bottle as well as a present. I would. Uh, I would have Keith Keith Gillespie delivering mine because I knew I would have a good night afterwards as well. We'd have a right laugh. So uh, that's who I would choose. I hope that answers your question. Good question. We like stuff like that. Uh, plenty, plenty stuff coming in. Keith says, "Evening, ladies and Steve. I used to love watching England back in the nineties, Euro '96, World Cup '98, but I'm not as bothered now. Not many catalysts as they used to be. I also find qualification games so boring." Shields, he says, "My first football match was the England versus Holland game. Wow, what a game to go to! Euro '96, mm-hmm. amazing match, and that was the four-one game with uh, with Shearer." Uh, Onon says I think there's a bias against teams not considered top six you'd have to wonder what more Jack Grealish would have needed to do worthy to be considered that's just talking about uh, obviously the northeast players and uh, not getting selected and, and other players of smaller smaller clubs just watching the credits coming up on We Are The Geordies I'm not giving away any spoilers but get watching says uh, Doug Hall uh, okay we'll move on to the uh, the news that Jetro Williams is uh, obviously knocked back Kendall, uh, an opportunity uh, from one club, which hopefully people are thinking might pave the way uh, for him to come to Newcastle. And Martin did put a question in earlier um, about Jack Wilshire. So, Willems or Wilshire or both? Is he Jack Wilshire's agent or what? He loves Jack Wilshire. (laughs) He's desperate to get Jack Wilshire, isn't he? He keeps keeps putting Jack Wilshire in there, doesn't he? So... (laughs) It was who was Nathan obsessed with? Nathan, oh, it was um, Troy Deeney, wasn't it? Remember back in the summer, he kept hiring Troy Deeney, and Martin keeps chucking Jack Wilshire in. I was Ross Barkley all the time. I was like, you were Ross Barkley, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, would you take would you take either of them in the January transfer window? I'd hundred uh, percent take Jack. Well, I don't think if he's going to be on a free or a minimal, you know, cost, I, I really can't see the issue with taking him. We all mm. saw what he was capable of understandably he's had an injury we know that he's had a long-term injury obviously he hasn't been in the squad since but if he's going to be at a minimal cost I really really don't see the problem to have him as left back cover at all um you know Jamal Lewis is still really really young Paul Dummett's extensively injured pretty a lot um so I really I, I cannot see a negative to that um if he doesn't you know perform as well as he did before we have we've got already got Jamal Lewis there, um. So yeah, I really and he can play as wing back if Steve Bruce wants to go back to his you know three at the back and two wing backs. He can play as a wing back. So I really can't see the issue. I know everyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I literally practically beg Jetro to come back pretty much every week. Um, as soon as he posts anything new, Castle I'm like, please come home. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd be really really happy to see him back if um he's going to be up to his form. Yeah. Okay, uh, Lily, what about you? Would you take uh, Jetro back uh, in the January transfer window if he was up for coming? And, and what about Jack Wilshire, just to keep Martin happy? Um, yeah, if, if he was coming, why not? We need a bit of fresh blood in the squad, as Dominic would say. Get rid of the deadwood. Um, and like Kendall said, if he's a minimal price, why not? We always have players that are injured anyway. We have always have a history of injury-prone players, so he fits in on there anyway. Um, Jack Wiltshire, I honestly don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm on the fence when it comes to Jack Wiltshire, I think. But Jethro, yeah, I think we should. Why not give him a punt? Don't know if you don't okay. try, do you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, not bad. Uh, not bad suggestion. I think his wages would be a bit astronomical, but that doesn't seem to be bothering Mike Ashley at this moment in time. Certainly didn't in the last uh, transfer window. Uh, Zora, uh, your take on those two players. Uh, would you would you take Jet Rule back? I mean, he, he did have a serious injury last season and Jack Wilshire is injury prone, but uh, Martin seems keen on bringing him here. Jet Rule, yes. Jack Wilshire, not just the injuries. I think some players can't cope at Newcastle. Jetro showed that he can cope at Newcastle. Some players can cope at bigger clubs, historically bigger clubs than Newcastle, but somehow 
as uh, Gina said, the goldfish ball can get to some players and you don't know with Wiltshire. And that, with the injuries, I'd say no. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be the same. I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Wilshire, definitely not. Um, for me, General Williams, if, if, as long as he's the same same player, you know, he, he's still capable of doing what he was doing when he was here last season, I'd take him. Tomorrow, big shout out to sponsors, newworkwear.com, specialists in the supply and branding of clothing for the workplace. Well done. I don't even have to say it now, you just do it naturally. You, you actually, re you're really, really suited. You're really suited. <laughs> Then maybe I should like start considering you. <laughs> yeah, forget about forget about aeroplanes. Get yourself a new workwear.com is the model. Qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables and walls end and many, many other things. And uh, he's also knocking up the Supermark Cups and the T-shirts, which you can get at NewcastleLegends.com. Sav, Jack Wilshire or Jetro Willems? Would you take one, two or neither? I'd take uh, Jeffro any day to be fair and he always posts about us as well still which makes me think that he might he, i think the thing what really frustrates me with jethro is that he's literally saying you know what i'm here come and get me and we don't do anything about it and it's so frustrating to watch um jack wilshire no i wouldn't just mainly because of the injuries and stuff i just don't i don't think he'd stand up to sort of Bruce Ball very well. <laughs> I think he'd be out straight away. That's just difficult. We've got so many players that are injury prone. We don't need another one. I think, you know, I'd like to see us offload some dead wood first in our squad and just completely get some, you know, get Jethro mm. in and stuff like that. But no, I wouldn't take him. I would take Williams. Okay. Uh, Ginger Hoskins says, you do know we can't sign Willems. New Brexit point system. Not yeah. heard that at all, to be honest. Um, not sure what, what the situation is with regards to that, whether whether we'll have to lose a player to gain a player. We might potentially do that. Who knows? But uh, thanks for pointing out that if that is the case. But if we could hypothetically sign Jetro Willems, Laura, and uh, Jack Wilshire in January, would you take one or both? Well, pretty much where everyone else has said, definitely take Willems back. He's, I think it's just his attitude and the fact that he, he wants someone who wants to be here and he just like ticks all the boxes. He's got the ability. Obviously, he's like he's had the he's had the injuries, but if it's not like a really long contract and it's minimal cost, there's not there's not much risk at all there. But um, I'm just looking at that Brexit thing. I'm going to have to Google it after. <laughs> I'm thinking. Gin Ginger Hoskins put it up there as stated in the new Brexit transfer rules. If they don't play in the top five leagues or play for their country, they will be refused a work permit. Interesting. You see the, all of these I'd, problems. I don't know if it's to do with, you know, senior players. I thought it was to do with youth players, unless it's like an all-round rule. Because I just remember mm. someone related it to Iosi Perez and said that like that would have never happened because... Um, he wasn't a regular starter for Tenerife at the time um, mm -hmm. and he wouldn't have had enough points. I think you have to get like 15 or something. It's like you get certain points for starting, you get certain points for playing 90 minutes, you get certain points for just being in the squad and things like that. So um, I, did, I honestly don't know if it's to do with all of them or like, you know, all the players or anything or whether it's to do with youth prospects because um, that, that's what I've seen it in relation to. But yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, it Thank is. You. I mean... It is, Laura. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, those people who voted for Brexit, this is what you've uh, this is what you've done. It's going to be an absolute nightmare coming into January, and we still don't know what on earth is going to happen. Looks like we're not going to have a, a deal at all, which of course the Prime Minister promised us it was oven baked. So uh, yeah, we'll roll on, roll on January the first when, as well as COVID, we're going to have no idea what on earth is going on. What we can do, what we can do in our lives, what for, what can happen in football. Fantastic. Cheers, Boris. Cheers everyone <laughs> wonderful um I'm, I'm, mate, i just hope we can breathe oxygen i hope that's still free um, you can't in london if you breathe in london you get charged anyway so we've got 20 minutes left um let's talk about covid um and newcastle united and how it's affecting this kendall um this is an absolute nightmare um obviously the game was off on friday uh, but still very little, if any information coming out of St. James's Park. Um, we're, we're all pretty much relying on the, the ticker tape on Sky and one of the journalists locally to break the news that the game is going to be off at the weekend, but it is still in doubt. Um, 
wasn't a bad weekend for us results wise uh, when you when you look at the table Newcastle still sitting in 13th place uh, going into to, to the final round of fixtures for this weekend tonight um, but yeah not a bad weekend for us and we haven't played but you'd rather have the points on the board than games in hand but it's uh, yeah it's it's a concern isn't it that we still really don't know what is going on uh, with COVID at our, at our football club yeah it's a massive concern especially because I think there was a graphic the other week um I think it was no, he's just this week flying around on um, Twitter where it showed you how many games each Premier League club had in between their matches over the Christmas period. And we were actually, we had the fifth, like, least amount of rest days between each of our games. And the only teams that were above us were like Spurs, Chelsea, um, Man United, you know, people that are in the Champions League and Europa League at the moment. So it's a worry at what point we are going to have to play these games in hand because we've already got a busy schedule of Christmas. I don't know how long they're going to wait to play the games. Um, so yeah, that is a huge worry, especially um, coming into a crucial point like Christmas. You need the points. Um, you desperately need them. You don't know where you're going to be at a later point in the season to play these games. Um, especially with games like West Brom, they're not on form at the moment. They're struggling and they only had their first win, you know, not this match day, the match day before. So that would have been a great time to play them. Um, Aston Villa have had a couple of injuries in Barkley and things were still out, so it would have been another great time to play them. So you just, you know, it's just a bit of a nightmare. And we all know that Newcastle United aren't really great at being transparent with the fans. We've witnessed that all year round this year with the takeover and things. So we're never going to get a concise and transparent statement from them about what's going on or um, who, you know, anything like that. So we can't expect that, unfortunately. It's just going to have to be a last-minute thing and that's just where we're going to have to cope. But it can't go on for much longer. We can't have another, you know, another three, four games in hand. It's just, it's going to be so detrimental to us later on. Yeah. Okay, Lily, what's your take on this COVID situation and the lack of information coming out of the football club? It's, it's crazy. It really is crazy. I mean... Where do you start? Game was cancelled on Friday, fair enough. Luckily, we didn't get penalised or lose points or anything. But are they going to say, right, if you can't put out a team this week, then we are going to have to start, you know, um, taking points or punishing you in some way? Um, you said on, on the Three Amigos over there, I think it was um, the Geordie Dentist said, they could turn around and say, as long as you've got two goalkeepers and the next amount of plays, you can still play. Is that a case of they are going to consider that? They're going to have to say, look, I don't care how many cases of COVID you've got. As long as you've got X, Y and Z in your lineup, you can still play a match. Otherwise, you forfeit the season. And I reckon because the Premier League's so nasty when it comes to us, that is something that they may just do, you know. Because we all know that the Premier League are biased when it comes to us. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's not the best not the best time for Newcastle to get COVID, as you say, and, and ask no. for favours from the Premier League with the current situation that we've got going on. Not at all. It's it's crazy. And then you've got all these bubbles. Well, how have we got so many cases? And if they're all bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling, how? It's 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 it just doesn't make any sense to me. So no. I hope okay. we can play the weekend. Uh, Zora, what's your what's your take on the whole COVID situation? Well, personally speaking, I was looking at it slightly different to a lot of other people because we have never quite stopped shielding because i've got a disabled son who um so although he goes to school which obviously in my opinion breaks any bubble um we've always been quite cautious and i've always felt that the way the premier league is going on it was only a matter of time before it was going to come and bite somebody in the backside and unfortunately it's bitten us um mm -hmm. i would think it's also only a matter of time before it starts hitting some other clubs much like in the nfl it's like one or two clubs to start with and you think, well, what are they doing wrong? But the way COVID works is none of us know who's no, none of us know who's carrying it and if we're infecting other people. Mm. So it's only a matter of time as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You've gone, Keith. You're on, You're on mute. mute. Sorry, yeah. I was getting, I was lots of noise in the background. I didn't want it to disturb you, uh, disturb Zara. God, what a classic. I was telling, I was telling you that you were on mute while I was also on mute. Brilliant. Go on, Sal. Over to you um, on yeah, on the I mean, COVID situation in Newcastle. 
Yeah, unlike Lily, I don't understand because they knew quite a few days before the Crystal Palace match that there was a COVID problem starting going on in the squad. And how it got to a point that now, like, when you look at it, I think, like, was how many is it now? I think I saw 10. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they knew there was a problem going on a few days prior to that match. And then suddenly we've got so many that have got it. I mean, I, I don't know how easy it all spreads or what was going on in the... But I would have thought that when they got their first few cases, then, you know, isolating and things like that should have come into practice because mm. I, I do think that, you know, I'm not even sure we're going to play this weekend, to be fair, because it just seems rife. And they don't give you any update, so you don't know what's going on. Um, and I think that's the worst thing. It's the lack, complete and utter lack of communication and we're all sitting here, all guessing what's going to happen. And, you know, other, other clubs don't necessarily do that. And I just wish they would talk to the fans more because we're, we're still sat here on a Monday evening questioning if we're going to play at the weekend. But we haven't been given an update anyway. So I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to police it. But I do think that, um, like Zara said, I think it's going to start happening in a lot of sides. I think it is going to be, you know, it's just going to keep on increasing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Laura. It's it, there is a lack of information coming out. I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. double figures now. It, uh, for me, it doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon, as far as Newcastle's concerned. And I can't see this game of the weekend going ahead. No, I mean, I, it, it is frustrating that the lack of information. But I see the the thing with like the privacy of the players. If you don't want to go out and see particularly who's got it, but if it's well into double figures, it's probably easier to see who hasn't. To be fair, there's there's just that many, and it's just, it's just I think people have just got really complacent with it at the minute, thinking it's just people. When you go out and about, and people just seem so relaxed, and it's it's just it's just crazy. I mean, you've got like people queuing out in the shops, and everything. I mean, I work in a hospital. We're not even allowed out with cars in the car park without with masks on. So, in like some places, it's been taken so seriously, and then. Other places, there's just no, there doesn't seem to be any concern at all. Like thinking, oh, well, on the home stretches, is it? We can all relax. And the thing that gets me, like, you've got the managers and the coaches out there without their masks on. I'm thinking, well, why haven't you? Obviously, players can't wear them. I'm thinking, like, the managers, why haven't you got them on? It's, you've got mm. to take as many precautions as you can to help protect. I mean, if I was a, another club, I wouldn't want to be coming and playing us next match. I mean, I, I mean, I know we might have just like two, hopefully like two games that we've got to rearrange. But if if, if the outbreak gets in other clubs, then that'll have a knock on for their matches with us. So we could, and mm -hmm. it's just going to build and build and build. And yeah, it's just, it's just really worrying. Yeah, a lot of people talking about tonight's game. Obviously, we we aren't privy to what's going on on uh, this match tonight, but um, lots of people saying the match tonight is a joke. There's little social distancing. Apparently, all the fans are in one stand. And I mean, it was hard to pick it up, Kendall, on, on the coverage on match of the day. And you know, unless you watched the games live, uh, you know, on on Sunday, um, you wouldn't have really got an idea of where people were sitting. Liverpool and Spurs look to have gone down this a different route. Spurs seem to have them spaced out. Liverpool seem to have gone for the cop, um, you know, in particular, and one stand, the centenary stand, I think it's called. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you make of the supporters back in the ground? Did you think it was a good thing? Forgetting about the Millwall situation, did you think it was a good thing? Were you pleased to see supporters back, or were you, do you think it was a bit? You know, do you think it's too soon? You know, I mean, obviously they're in a different tier to us. Um, I think I've been saying all along. We, you know, we've covered this a lot of times on this show, and we've said like, what do we think? And my my standpoint hasn't changed. I said that I would be happy with fans going back as long as restrictions were in place, as long as safety was coming first and COVID precautions were coming first, and that's completely fine. Um, I did watch the Spurs and Arsenal game, and that seemed to be all right. A lot of people were social distancing, and um, they were quite spread out, so that that's completely fair enough. If if the precautions are being taken, um, you know, and the atmosphere is going to change even just a little bit because, um, I think it was Lily earlier said that when the you know the Millwall fans were booing, it was quite loud because obviously the stadium's empty. So the more voices you're going to get in there, the louder you're going to be. Um, it's whether or not it's going to be you know um a what's the word like a negative atmosphere. Um, because, you know, people aren't mm. happy with Bruce um, and certain things like that. It's not going to be 
good for the team to hear just constant negativity in the ground at all. Um, although, I, you know, I, I do want to see Bruce Sotcom people's keyboard warriors and the fans have their say because obviously he's, he's had the easy ride of not having fans in for most of um, this year. So, um, yeah, I would like to see them if it was going to be positive and it was going to help the team. But if not, um, it's probably going to go down the wrong route. But as long as social distancing is in place, I think fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. There's a lot of people mentioning people didn't have masks on. You know, people are jumping up and down. It's, it's instinct, isn't it? I mean, I, I think the way that they're doing it is if you're from the same bubble, um, you're allowed to sit together. If you're from different households, mm -hmm. there has to be adequate space in between you. But it's human nature. And I think there was, they were originally talking about you weren't allowed to sing. Well, <laughs> you know, the one thing yeah. that was evident at the weekend was yeah. people were singing. I mean, Anfield, you'll never walk alone. Bound, you know, bouncing out before the, the kickoffs. You're never going to stop it. It's human nature. And you're never going to be able to stop, stop people. that natural, no. you know, flow of the game. No. You're never, ever going to stop that. So if you tell people to wear masks, then they have to. If you don't wear masks, you, you go out. That's as far as it goes for me. Yep. Okay. Lily, what's your take on the supporters being back in the ground? It's great to see. I've got to be honest, I, I did I was over the moon to see it. Um, you know, it was nice to see people there and you know, it created a little bit of an atmosphere and the you know, the players had somebody to celebrate towards and, and all of that. And managers, you know, managers like Jose who loves playing at the gallery had a little you know, had a little you know, a, a, you know, he was a little more animated. It's one of those double-edged sword situations, isn't it? It's nice to have certain matches. It's nice to have fans back in. It's nice to hear the cheering. It's nice to hear the singing because, like you said, you can't stop fans from singing. It's it's what they do. At the same time, I agree. Like Laura said, masks. They keep saying you have to be wearing a mask. You have to be wearing a mask. Even if you're just going to the shopping centre, they stop you if you've not got a mask and tell you where the nearest shop is that you can buy one from. So I don't understand how so many people are allowed into a stadium without masks on. Um, also, the Liverpool game, there didn't seem to be a lot of social distancing going on in the stands. So whether or not they were very big bubbles that had gone together, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, it is, it's that double-edged sword. I'm glad at the back, but at the same time, is it too quick too soon, considering that there seems to be a spike again in the COVID going up? Should we have waited that little bit longer or should we have left it for the smaller clubs to have fans in because they need the revenue more than what the bigger clubs do? Okay, good points, Lily. Again, yeah, Laura, what's your take on on supporters being back? Were you happy to see them back in? I yeah, I kind of am and I'm not. It's I mean, it's brilliant to see anyone back in. It's, it's, I mean, you've got the the fake noise in the back, but there's no substitute at all for having fans in the stadium. But Again, it's like there's not with the Premiership. There's not really a need for it with the nearly all the matches being televised. So again, with the like the lower leagues, I can totally understand they need the need the gate money. They need people coming and spending their money. But um, no, it's just it's so frustrating when you see people without their masks jumping around. You can think you go to a mask without a, a football match without a mask on, and yet. Like I was sitting in a funeral last week, and everyone's it's like completely spaced out with their masks on. It's just, it's just crazy that. I think people just need to take responsibility for them themselves and be a bit. Yeah, because if if you go into the hospitals, you see what it's like. It's just because it's not at the forefront of your mind doesn't mean that it's not still affecting and ruining people's lives. Just, it's just not worth it. <laughs> No, no, I mean, it's not. I mean, you, you know, you see it, you know, at the hospital and, um, you know, it, it, it's affecting people's lives massively. So unless it's right, then maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been allowed in. But this is the government's problem again. It's tears. It's tears, isn't it, Laura? You know what I mean? Where, you know, tear, if you're in a certain tier, you're allowed to go to these things. You know, we'll have to get back to reality sometime, but, you know, not at the yeah. expense of people's lives, unfortunately, which is what's going to happen. It's just with the vaccine so close as well. It's just like, just, just wait just that little bit longer. It's like we've mm. come so far. Just, just hang on a bit. There's so many more vulnerable people in society that you need to protect. You can't just think about yourself, really. Uh, not, that's yeah. just, that's just <laughs> no, no, that's not just you. Zora said exactly the same before about it. You know, it's not necessarily we could all be carrying it and walking around and mm -hmm. doing, you know, God knows what. And because we're not in that kind of, um, you know, category, because we're, you know, because we're maybe 
well, either immune to it, maybe we had it, had had a, a lighter version of it years ago. But just because you know we're we're not in a susceptible group doesn't mean we should you know should be going around spreading it. Mm. And uh, you know, yeah. one one cough or sneeze in the wrong direction, and then suddenly you know we've infected somebody. We don't know we've infected them, but you know they go on and either end up on a ventilator or sadly pass away. So hundred percent, you're right, uh, Zara. Good to see fans back, but you know it, it's you know it's coming at a cost. And, and Laura's right, isn't she really? You, you said this a little I bit think, earlier. Yeah, sort of. But I also think that you can't overlook the fact, something you've just mentioned, the tiers. I think it's unfair that some grounds have fans and others don't because, mm-hmm. like, so Newcastle, okay, so everybody's going to be on Bruce's back, blah, 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 whatever. But you're suddenly losing your home field advantage if you don't have your fans behind you and other places do have fans behind them. So it needs to be either every team in the Premier League has fans or no teams in the Premier League have fans. Personally speaking, I would say none for the reasons, you know, we've all discussed that I still think it's contagious. I still think it's dangerous. We're in the winter, which means we're coming into it being there's more of it within the community just because people are living their lives indoors. Um, That's my personal opinion. But regardless of my personal opinion on, you know, how dangerous it is, I still think it's deeply unfair that some teams have fans and some teams don't. Yeah, I would agree as well. It does give an unfair advantage, but I do think in the current climate with Steve Bruce, it's doing him a massive, massive favour. <laughs> like, uh, Sav, um, you last but not least on on this. Um, yeah, you know, t- to see the fans back is great, but you know, as always, fans are just fans. They're going to react. They're going to cheer. They're going to sing. They're going to cuddle each other if there's a goal goes in. You know, that's it. I mean, there's not much of a there's not much there's not much we can do. And um, if people are getting told they can go to the match, they're going to go. Yeah, I agree. But I've got to admit, watching it at the weekend was giving me anxiety, seeing them all like... I mean, they were distanced, but they were still quite close together, if that makes sense. Like, I thought, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just being blonde, I thought they'd spread them out all over the stadium just to get everyone away from each other. And it wasn't like that at all. They were actually quite closely bunched. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Zara said. I don't think it's fair that some clubs can't have their fans back. And I know that Steve Bruce is going to get a classroom, but whenever you know the fans can go back, he's going to get that anyway. Um, but And Laura's point as well about the vaccine being so close. I don't understand why we're still in the middle of a second spike and then we decide we're going to send football fans back. And not only that, they're not particularly spaced out either. And I think, you know... and. I was watching when they kept panning to the crowd. There's people with their masks under their chins. There's ones with no masks on at all. They're all jumping around, screaming and shouting, and it's it was really awkward to watch. Considering you know, like I've lived my life like with my mask on my face in the shop, and you know, and then you look on the telly and there's people doing that. Is that sending out the wrong message anyway? Um, mm. So yeah, I completely agree. It makes me actually quite uncomfortable to see it. As much yeah. as like they, we, they, the fans need to come back, I think sometimes what we're lacking is the fact that the fans aren't there with the players. But I, it's it's quite uncomfortable given the current situation. George Mitchell, star of We Are the Geordies, uh, says whole sports bubbles are a farce. England, Ireland, rugby, social distancing for the anthems. Then two seconds later, they're hugging each other in scrums and malls. Absolute madness, mm. Tom. Tom just says, great show as always. Thanks for your support, Tom. Uh, it's been a great show. I just want to say a big thank you to uh, Lily, uh, to Laura and to Zara for jumping on uh, at very short notice tonight. Uh, great debut, Lily. Very good. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome to join me again. Uh, Laura, as always, great to see you. And Zara, thank best you. of luck with the premiere on uh, Friday. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure it will go really well. And there's lots of people being very, very supportive uh, on the chat as well for you, which is great. I just want to show this as well. Uh, I don't usually endorse uh, artwork on walls, but uh, I think I mentioned the other night uh, a good pal of mine, Neil Robson, passed away. Uh, big Newcastle fan, used to go home and away, used to go all over Europe as well. Uh, he's a top, top lad, and this wonderful piece of artwork has appeared in Newcastle. Rest in peace, the one and only real magpie, never forgotten, Neil Robson. And uh, yeah, um, you know. My thoughts are, are still with the family and uh, I'm sure uh, he'll get a send-off that he deserves. So uh, rest in peace, Neil. Uh, as always, we're going to finish with uh, our latest campaign, which is uh, Think Before You Tweet. Uh, it's a campaign that we've launched uh, this month and we're running all the way through December. So uh, please do think before you tweet. Just be a little bit more responsible on social media. Um, you know, when people are having a bad day and you send a, an abusive tweet towards them, uh, that could be something that sends them over the edge. And uh, unfortunately, on Twitter, once again, 
tonight we've seen somebody who is uh, contemplating taking their own life and uh, a lot of people have reached out in the fan base and uh, sent a message to that person let's hope that uh, he gets in touch with uh, with people and um, tries and reaches out for help because there was a lot of support for him tonight uh, Kendall, Sav, Lily, Zara, Laura thanks very much we'll play out with the video take Thank care you. good night Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Think before you tweet. 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 Please just think before you tweet. 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 Think before you tweet.